Okay, we are back after a long hiatus, nearly a month and a half since the last time we have recorded a Crossing the Access podcast. And I am Max Kaiser, CEO of Pipeline, and I am here with Jake Rorda. I'm Jake. Hey, everybody. <laughs> uh, it's kind of a sad day, Pipeline, uh, and because this is Jake's last day with us here. And, that's true. Uh, that's that's really gone for now, but not forever. Gone for now, but not forever. He is now the official first member of our board that we didn't <laughs> even know we had, but we we founding well member, mm-hmm. founding member. The truth is, making software takes a long time, and the development process goes on forever, and it takes a long time to make any money. And Jake is a hot commodity out there, and he uh, and and we simply have had to uh we have to move on uh unfortunately and jake has to move on uh from what we can afford to pay him for the amazingness that he brings to us but i know uh it's been amazing to uh be be with him and and jake's been great so great to work with you over the uh over the last uh five years six i believe 2015 uh october 2015 yeah yeah, from our production company days at Handcrank, where you started off as an 18-year-old uh, <laughs> yeah. bookkeeper. Assistant bookkeeper. Assistant bookkeeper. Uh-huh. Then that bookkeeper went bananas. And then uh, because that's what happens when you try to keep books for a production company, you go. <laughs> that's that's fair. Yeah, I get yeah, it. It's, yeah, it happens. I'm sure a lot of you out there have had that experience of having your bookkeeper go bananas. Um, and then you kind of graduated up to sort of a, what we called a CFO level. Cause we thought it sounded cool. Um, and then, and then into, uh, operations, um, yeah. because you just were such a natural at moving over into helping folks and helping our company, um, put out fires and just get on top of our systems and our numbers. And then it was just such a natural, you know, of all the folks that, I worked with at Handcrank. It was just such a natural to 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 bring you along to Pipeline, where we were basically building systems, but with software. And yeah. so and taking so, everything that we we learned over yeah. the years. Yeah, yeah. But the one well, thing thank we you. Did, I really appreciate that, and I've really enjoyed hey. these last six and a half years. It's been a lot of fun, and I've learned a ton and about about production and about software. So I've loved it. Yeah, and 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 don't worry, he will still be around, and we'll still bring him back for for podcasts and so forth. Um, but this yeah, isn't the just, last of me. You'll hear you'll hear me again. It, it is not. <laughs> um, but I know for a lot of our customers that have worked with you, they've really really enjoyed working with you. So I'm, I'm worried about how those people will react. But it's important that they know that it was not acrimonious and that it was just a simple matter of development of software it takes a fucking long time. That's and, for sure. and so it's just, we just need to keep our runway as long as we possibly can while we try to make this craziness known as all in one production management software for, for video producers, uh, work. Um, so thank you so much, Jake, for your contribution, but Jake still will be a consultant, particularly as we have made a big pivot on pipeline as well. And that is the other thing is we've pivoted from really looking at all aspects of production to really f- uh, focusing on 
the financial aspects first and foremost, as we've seen our budget um, our budget tool, one of the many tools that Pipeline offers, we've, we've seen that be the one that has just been the one that people have really stuck with. And so we've tried to go back to that to build from that. And Jake was instrumental in helping us come up with making that work. Um, and so he will still be consulting with us a great deal on making the um, next steps of time tracking and overarching corporate financials for your company all make sense, come together and be the kind of thing. And, and QuickBooks integration, Jake knows QuickBooks like the back of his hand. All those things are coming up in pipeline. And that's their, our sort of our focus right now is really on those financial aspects as, as um, there's so many ways you can go in the business. And we've decided that financials where we can make the biggest impact on our users um, so, uh, Jake will continue on as a consultant in those regards because he does have a finance degree. He is a financial genius on these things <laughs> and he can be of such great help to Steve, who's our lead developer in New Jersey and myself, as we keep on keeping the torch alive for getting this, uh, production, uh, software out the door and, and to be as awesome as we know you all need it to be. And provide the most value. Yeah, Absolutely. But today we're going to have as Jake's final podcast, a fitting podcast about budget tips. And we um, look, we look, you just, you, you can't, you can't take your budget seriously enough. That's mm -hmm. honestly what it, everyone kind of blows past the budget thing and they, it's everything. Yeah. It, it's, it's, you have to remember what you're doing. I mean, are you, are you in this for a career or mm -hmm. is this a hobby? Mm -hmm. And if it's a career, you've got to be thinking about the money you're bringing in and how much you're spending and yeah. that's your budget. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And it, 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 I remember when I first started using a budget template of any kind, when I first started writing down, oh, this is what I spent on the last five projects. I should probably use this to remind me of what I need to charge hmm. because there were so many times that I just forgot to charge people for things because I didn't put it in the budget to begin with. And you all, everyone starts the same way. Everyone starts with really fancy, amazing gear and editing NLEs and just fantastically cool gear and, and stuff. And like a literal, if they're lucky, a Google drive spreadsheet to do their budget. On. <laughs> there's not a math, there's not a equal, you're not using the same high level tools when you first start out. No on budget. Yeah. Right. It's so funny because that's the, <laughs> That's the thing that keeps all the rest of it going, right? Yep. Like knowing that you have some profit, knowing that you have your margin, knowing that you are taking into account things that happened in the past and being able to do it quickly, right? Mm -hmm. Because I mean, and you're, it, you're more likely to do it when it's quick. You are. Yeah. If it's not like shit, man, uh, I got 17 other things to do uh, and this is going to take me all day. Mm -hmm. Then you, you're going to procrastinate and, and coming in last with your budget to an RFP is a great way not to get it. <laughs> Honestly, coming That's in first sure. is the way to get it. Like if it's the first thing that client sees, your budget shows up, Johnny on the spot, um, and it makes sense and it looks nice. Uh, this this is like an incredible impression. It's the first thing they got back from you. Mm -hmm. um, and they might 
it's way before the statement of work because that comes later. Really, the first thing is like, well, what do the numbers look like on this crazy project that we're talking about? Yep. And the more the more quick you are to deliver and the more organized you are, that the client's going to see that as as your as what you do. You deliver yeah. on time and and well. So yeah. they're going to use that as a example for the work you're going to deliver. Or even if it's about what you're giving them back the napkin. So say you don't even, you're just on the phone with them and you're just pushing around some numbers while they're talking, because you know, at the end of this conversation, you know, what's coming up. They're going to mm-hmm. say, that's so great, Max, that you guys are so, you're creative geniuses. We love all the work you do, <laughs> but how much is this going to cost us at the end of the day? Seriously. And you, you, you kind of know that you could tell them, I'll call you back in three days, but you know that uh, you, you kind of probably got to give them something right then to, to kind of keep them interested. Yeah. Um, and you've been feeling them out the whole call. You've been feeling them out. You've been listening to them. They threw something out. They usually will drop a hint here and there. There's almost always a hint of what that budget is going to be that they, they mention a friend's video they heard was 10,000 and they really liked it. Bingo. You just heard that $10,000 doesn't scare the shit out of them. Um, and these are the cues that you learn to follow as you go, but to be able to even just push something around on a piece of paper so that even while you're talking to them on the phone, you kind of know, you know what, this is probably going to be around a $20,000 job or something like that. Mm-hmm. And that, that you're able to say at the end of the call, you know, uh, you know, Susan or Gary or whatever, I think, I don't know. I think, I think we could get away with this with a two day shoot. And we're usually about a G a day or, you know, 10 grand a day. Um, so I, I'm hoping that we can bring that together for you on this. And then they say, Oh, well, that, that sounds interesting. Let's keep on pursuing that. It just, it, even, even if the even if the budget winds up being twice that you honestly kind of have to give them a little sugar to, to keep the conversation going. Yeah. So let's say, let's say I just got off the call with a client. I told them I'd have a, some numbers yep. for them to look at by the end of the day. Yep. Where do I start and what do I start sharing with them? Yeah. I mean, the, the trick is getting out of dreamland as fast as you can. So the, the phone call is generally like really exciting and you, mm-hmm. the client's excited. You're excited. Everybody's excited. They're going to do some funny, interesting, moving, uh, exciting, use some different cameras. Uh, hopefully it's a kind of job that you're excited about. But I, I as I, I feel like on 95% of the jobs where I get a call, I'm, I'm pretty damn excited about it. Even if it's a small budget, I don't know. I just get excited. It's just fun to get paid doing what you love to do. And it never gets old. To, to, it, if it feels like you're getting away with something, then you're doing the right job. That's what I've always <laughs> said. And so it, again, you just get that sense of like, these guys are going to pay me to do some shit. And, and so So I think it's the first step is getting out of dreamland and getting into reality and saying, okay, um, how can I, uh, how can I compare what they're talking about to something I've done before? Because that's really the only way, you know, let's face it. The first 10 jobs, 20 jobs you have in this industry, you probably won't make any money at all. There's just really almost no way that you're going to make any money. You probably shouldn't make any money. You probably should just be out there blowing your client away and losing money and just getting a reputation for yourself. But eventually that doesn't go very far. And I think that's Jake, where you're talking about, are you a hobbyist, which you are at that point, by the way, or are you really in this to pay your bills, raise a family 
and uh, you know, whatever it is you want to do, make a feature film, uh, just build a company, you know, whatever it is, you've, you're going to something greater than just the sheer exhilaration of making a video and film. Yeah. And so yeah. I think it, I think it, it really comes down to uh, the history and, and following your history. I mean, again, I, as I said, I think that the, the big thing was having written down uh, this is, these are the elements that went into the last budget I did. Mm-hmm. How does this compare with this budget? And, and what am I, what am I looking at um, in comparison with that? And did I make any money that last time around? Yep. So you need to know some of the jobs that you've done before, especially mm-hmm. the ones that are like this, yep. you need to know. I really like what you said there. You need to know whether or not you made any money on that one. Yeah. If you totally went over budget, and you lost money. Well, guess what? You're gonna you're now gonna know what other things you need to add to that budget. Yeah. You're gonna know you need to mark it up more. Something you're gonna have new clues to really. You're gonna have create. new clues exactly, and you're gonna know, and it's gonna be more. I mean, let's yeah. face it. Like the budget is gonna be more when you go to that client that is like six months down the road as opposed to one month down the road, um, and and they're gonna say, well, wait, I I. I know Bob and he told me you did it for five grand and now you're telling me it's going to be 10. And you're like, yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's, Do you, that's yeah. that, you know, there are new costs, the, yeah. the things that you did yeah. didn't include in the last one. Yeah. Yeah. So let's say I'm now remembered of, of all the things I need to put in that budget. I, yep. I'm starting to yep. put it together. How do I start presenting that to the client? I, I, I think that's a great question. And I, I think the presentation of what you give them is everything. And it doesn't have to be glamorous or, you know, really well formatted. Okay. But it, I think it does need to be, it needs to be inclusive depending on who the client is. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if we're talking about an agency, okay. And probably if you're new, you're not working for an agency. If you're new agencies probably don't want to hire you because they're terrified of you screwing up their client relationships. So let's just assume that they are not agency and they are just sort of mom and pop companies. And that's generally where we all start. We all start making videos for smaller, you know, $500,000, million uh, small, medium businesses. And, and they, they don't, they don't really know if you gave mm-hmm. them a super detailed budget, they're going to be like, I don't, it's like me going get my car worked on. I don't look at like all the little rivets and uh, you know, steering fluid and things they put in there. I just look at the end number and you it's, know, they're like, it's that, that's that bottom line number that they're really watching for. It's like, what did you do (laughs) and Mm -hmm. what does it cost? If it's my car, I'm like, so you fixed the brake thing and it was $900. That's all I know. I really don't care about all the middle, the, all the little line items. I just have no idea. I would have, in fact, I would, I would say that you are worse off if you do give them a line by line, because if they don't know what they're talking about, they're going to go through it. I'm sure everybody's experienced this at some point. They're going to go through line by line and say, well, what's this? Why are you charging me for two lights? What's right. why, are you, why am I paying $900 for a light? Why right. can I do this cheaper? They're going to yep. nitpick you and it's going to, you're going to get burned. You're going to get burned and it's just going to be brutal and there's just no point. But what I do think works for that kind of, let's say the non-knowledgeable buyer um, is to uh, offer them some choices. Like, mm. Hopefully in your negotiations, 
on the phone the first time, you got a sense of where they live and what they're willing to spend. And let's say you kind of feel like they're a $10,000 client. And so, but what they're asking for is a $20,000 video. Mm-hmm. And, and that's typical, right? That they, they have a number that they're, that they feel comfortable with, but they're asking for quite a bit more than fits into that. And so the trick at that point, I think is, I, I do think it's very worth your time to develop three budgets for a client like that, the low, the medium, the high, mm-hmm. and to aim below their number that you either you grok or you've actually heard from them um, or, and then hit their number and then go above their number. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And especially if they gave you a comp where they, what they're really wanting is much more Mm -hmm. and you can say, well, here's, here's what you showed me. Mm -hmm. This is what you showed me is going to be a $20,000 job. Yeah. And here's why, but here's what I can do to you for you for 10,000. And also here's what I can do for five or on the flip side. Sometimes what you can do is if you think it's going to be a $10,000 job, you may present an $8,000 budget, a $10,000 budget, and a $12,000 budget so that you show them the extra value they're going to get for $12,000. Come up a little bit of, from your number, and you're going to get a lot more. And suddenly, yeah. that extra $2,000 is not going to sound so bad compared to $10,000. Yeah. And the places that I've seen that really work in the past and the time, the difference in my has often been around talent, strangely mm-hmm. enough. Um, talent is really expensive. Good talent is really expensive. And that's where the client doesn't realize they see something really nice and they, they shoot it to you and they say, I'd like something like this. And you look at it and you say, look at that talent. That is, that is like thousand dollar a day talent, right? That is not a few friends of mine that I called and they came to be in it. These are like either like super good looking or super unique looking or a demographic that's hard to match. Like here in my town of Bellingham, when people want people of color and so forth, it's like, you have to go searching for them because we don't have a lot of that in our town. And yet that brings a great deal of uh, quality to the product to be able to get people of different like uh, ethnicities and all kinds of things in there, but that costs more money. And so talent's one of those things where you can say, um, you know, I can get you that talent, um, but it's going to be, you know, it's going to be at this $20,000 level, but without that talent, it's going to be this $10,000 level. And that's a really easy thing for them to see. And, and I've had them buy off on the higher budget many times when you just make it, as you say, Jake, make it crystal clear. What's the difference you're getting with that, that upgrade. And you'll be amazed at how many times you get the upgrade. Exactly. Yeah. And as long as you're doing your margins properly, that upgrade is going to pay not, you, you know, you got to do the percentage margins, right? Like it's like, you don't, don't take it in the shorts yourself because they upgraded. Go ahead and mark up. If, if, if it went from a $300 yeah. expense to a $600 expense, still get your 20% on that, uh, on that, on that expense. Exactly. So now what if you're talking to an agency? So different, right? Because they know the costs already. They already have been through this maybe probably a lot more than you. And they've dealt with the market quite a bit more than you. And so they're going to want to see a line item budget. Um, they don't necessarily see need to see markups, although I've definitely had ones that want to see them. Um, but they want to see a line item budget. And that's where you're, I, you know, that's where they're going to, the, the interesting thing here is that, you're going to show them a line item budget 
But at the same time, they're going to know the difference between your line item budget and the company that can't do what you can do creatively. And so they'll see, um, and they'll judge that on the markup. They'll, they'll be like, okay, so you're going to, you, you want me to have a director uh, and you're going to, you know, you're going to, you're going to tell me a director is $1,800 a day. And yet I can, I know I can get a director for $750 a day, but your directors are better. Mm -hmm. um, and that's why we called you in the first place, because we wanted that je ne sais quoi, that thing that your company brought to it, a hand crank, my old company, it was emotion, right? Like we really like, it was all about emotion and we could bring emotion where other people couldn't. And so they would pay us more because they, they, they banked on the idea that we could bring them that emotion. And they knew that was what was of value to their customer. They knew that's what their customer was hiring them to do was provide emotion in their production. And so they were, although they wanted to see the reality of the numbers and that's the difference. So you do have to give them more line item things. They want to see what they're paying the director. They want to see what they're getting for the camera. They want to see all that because they know it and they they love it. They love going through line by line, but it doesn't scare them as much. And they're not yeah. going to nickel and dime you as much over those items. They just want to see them, yep. but they, they truly don't, you, you'll honestly wind up getting more money out of them. Um, because they, if you've established a niche and like, let's say like, you know, our friend Spencer here in town, he's like amazing at shooting mountain biking videos. Like I would pay him three times as much as some Joe Blow to shoot mountain biking video because he's freaking amazing at them and he knows what he's doing. Um, and so it's like, I know I'm going to get back from him this like super quality thing. Let's say I'm an agency that needs a mountain biking video. And, and so it's, you really, that's where like, what your relationship is with that agency and what your niche is with that agency comes into play, but don't be surprised. They want to see line item and don't be afraid of it either. I'd, yeah, definitely. Don't be afraid of it. And you know that they know what they're talking about. So they're yeah. not going to be scared away by the lines. And I'd say, don't be afraid. Um, don't necessarily try to be the cheapest option. Exactly. Um, I wouldn't even worry too much about providing them three options. I would go high. Yeah. I'd go high and I'd include a lot of things. I'd, I'd include what you really want because that shows them that you're thinking about all those things. You've done this before. Yep. You know what goes into a project like this. You're thinking of those things. You're you're prepared. Whereas yep. this other company that is bidding to them, they may come in a lot lower, but the agency is going to look at that and say, well, why don't you have these grips, why don't you have this equipment or yes. why aren't you, why are you only budgeting 10 hours for the producer? That doesn't yeah, sound I've like lost enough. jobs because of that for sure, yeah. where we were trying to cut corners and then they caught it and then they didn't like it. Yep. Um, and we were trying to be like, Oh, let's be a little cheaper for them. And then they got scared because they're like, Oh, you don't have enough producers on this. So obviously we're going to have to do all that work. And mm -hmm. We don't want to do that. Or, you know, and then also they're going to be more savvy to things like, oh, I see that you have, uh, you know, a mini area on this. Well, uh, why don't we just do red? What would that cost? You know, yeah. and so forth. And and so they 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 know what they're talking about. And, and they're and, going to be more and, likely to, you know, if if you're you do come in too high, they're going to be more likely to say that sounds good. But what would happen if we did this? And they'll maybe, they maybe they'll try to come it. back. Yeah. And that's a good point, Jake, because the mom and pops don't know that. And if yeah. they, if you come to them and they thought they were getting 10 and they got 15 and there's no other options, they're just going to be petrified and walk away. Yep. And you've lost that relationship. Um, and they just, they didn't know. They just mm -hmm. didn't know that there was, they don't know that there's another option. And by presenting them a low, medium, high, you're almost doing the negotiating for them. You're showing them that there are options. 
hundo p and and also you're also covering your ass in the in when you deliver and they're like well the acting seems kind of wooden and you're like well <laughs> remember when we decided not to hire the pro actors remember when you oh, said yeah. you knew a guy that that was gonna and we put your brother in it yeah. exactly and that's what happens coming up the line and and that's why i say you do the smb jobs a lot you know the first couple of years before you really land a couple of agencies and and i think that but offering those three different budget levels. But then that again comes down to how fast can you churn them out? Mm -hmm. Because you can't have a budget taking you all day. We're all busy. We've all got shoots to do. We've got in the beginning, we've got editing to do. Um, and, oh, and when you're event, wearing all those hats, yeah. Wearing all those hats. Yeah. You just can't have it take forever. You need the ability to make quick revisions, track your work, um, all that, all that kind of jazz. Or, so that's a good or, point. You should know how much time you want to spend on that budget. Yep. And I think a couple things go into that. You want to look at, you want to look at how big that job is, not just in top number, but in profit, you want to make sure that that's going to be a profitable job. Yep. Uh, and you want to see how likely you're going to get it. And I'd say yep. spend, it's probably proportional to profit and uh probability yep. the more profit more probability more time you should spend on on that project and vice Again, versa we need a we need a formula for that i feel yeah. like it, we need to devise a formula that we can share with everybody that's like twenty thousand dollars profit margin equals three hours of you know with a, <laughs> with a with a nine out of ten probability and i remember we were always trying to figure out like this this magic formula but look at the end of the day it's also going to work into it how excited are you about the project right mm -hmm. and like um but i do believe that the the real critical thing is how well do you know this project and i in, in the same way that i said that the first time you're getting going doing work you're not going to make any money i would say that every time you make a leap to a new level of production and i think mm. that's what we're all doing every day we're always making it every day if we're lucky we're moving to a higher level of production uh and of budget and of like creative and all these things every time you move to that new level you're not going to make any money and that's okay that's really okay as long as you're truly moving to that new level the trick what's not okay is doing it the second and third time and not making any money mm -hmm. and that you should be able to go back to your first budget and say what did i do wrong what did I do wrong? Exactly. And what wasn't I, what, what was I not taking into account? And like, I remember the first time we did a, you know, quarter million dollar uh, national TV spot for Zulily, you know, at the end of the day, our margin just wasn't that great. You know, yeah. it was like, if we were used to making, I don't know, what was our, what are, what were our usual margins on jobs? I don't. Uh, usually we would spend no more than about 37 to 40% on the project cost. But that was because we had a lot of um, overhead expenses that that we typically didn't line item in the budget, things like the creative director um, right. Right. sales. Yeah. Right. So it, a margin of 60%, but take that with a grain of salt. That's take that with a grain of salt. However, that allows you to compare it against, say, the Zulily job, which had a margin of like 20%. Yeah. And then you realize, well, okay, we didn't actually lose money, but we certainly didn't make money. And, yep. and yet we and it took a lot of it it took an all hand oh, all hands on deck approach working with that project. late nights yep. long nights building huge sets 
everything. And yes, everyone was proud of it and excited to do a national and see it on TV on, you know, NBC, CBS, ABC. But is it a way that you can go forward in the universe for a very long period of time? Hell no. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, you know, when you get that next national and you're like, oh, okay, actually, this is how we have to do it. Um, that that really is the the thing that I think never beat yourself up for not making or even losing a little bit of money when you jump to a new echelon. Just, mm-hmm. ju- just beware of the second and third time. And just make sure you track that first job as carefully as you can yep. so that you can use it for those. Because you will get called again. If, once you've done one national, you'll get called for another, assuming that you didn't you know, completely <laughs> pooch it. All apart, um, yeah. A lot of people do, frankly. And we should have a whole podcast on like doing national ads for the first time. And mm-hmm. you know, I've heard so many horror stories about people doing, you know, $600,000 jobs and going into debt, $600,000 on them and, and, and never existing again after it, um, yeah. or just being loan sharks after you and all kinds of crazy shit. Uh, there's I, a I'd, lot of liability. Uh, oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and another podcast on insurance, insurance, uh, <laughs> another podcast on, on, on financing your clients, which is a horrible thing. Oh, that's do, a whole but- nother thing. Yeah. You but know what I mean? back to your point of, um, you know, underbidding, uh, kind of a point I'd like to make there is don't be too hard on yourself mm-hmm. if you lose a job because somebody came in lower, especially mm-hmm. when you're going to that next level, mm-hmm. because you, that other person probably was doing it for the first time. They didn't yep. have a comp. Uh, yep. They didn't know what all to bid and yep. they're probably going to lose money. Yeah. And go, you know, make a note to yourself and go do a Google search on that company a year from now yeah, and see if they're still around because be, if, yeah. if you budgeted it properly and you didn't get it, that's probably a blessing um, because, you know, if somebody came in lower and they did get it, they probably didn't make any money. Hey, celebrate it, man. Like yeah. celebrate it. Like, Hey, Hey man, you, you got it. You won. Fantastic. Good luck. I hope, I hope you make that work. Um, But if you had, if you knew, for instance, even you knew the client and you knew what they were going to put you through and you'd already been there, uh, you know what you know. And, 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 and honestly, that's why um, I think in the, as your company grows, working with agencies can be a really great thing because they, they will honestly want to stick with you because you know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And I've seen, I've seen some people be very successful staying with a, an agency for a long time because that agency knows yeah. that they know what they're talking about. They yeah. deliver good work consistently. They, uh, they budget it properly, but not, you know, they're not gouging the agency. Um, so yeah. Okay. Well, there's another good example, Jake is like, let's say you are working with an agency for a long period of time. Believe me, they kept those old budgets. They go back <laughs> and they look at your line items from yes. three budgets ago, and they want to know why this director that was twelve fifty, you know, three months ago is seventeen fifty this month. So yep. be very careful there. Like, be careful, but also that's another really good reason to use templates. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you're charging the same rates for the same people. You are if that was an agency template that you used and you pulled it up again boom, your chances are that's going to be a lot similar. 
That's right. Line by line. You just you want to be careful about that. Yeah. Agencies will be looking for that. They'll be saying, we're giving you so much business. And 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 by the way, keep that in mind. They are giving you so much business. Mm-hmm. So is it really worth it to say, I'm going to go ahead and kick them up an extra 30% to lose them? Take yeah. that into account because that might happen. That's a really um, good point. And, and, and so just th- th- another really good reason for templating that budget and not racing through a new budget that's like your new, this is my new, I make a lot of money budget that I just created that marks everything up by 75%. And you drop that on them and they're like, what the fuck is this? And, and, and you will lose them like super fast Mm -hmm. and they will just, they're, cause they're looking for it. They know, they know that you might be getting kind of comfortable with them and they like it, but they're, they're wary of it with reason. Um, it's the same as you and your vendors, you know, you and the people that you hire. Um, yeah. If they just know, suddenly came into you tomorrow and said, I'm, I'm another 50%, you'd be taken aback too. I, you know, I've had it when you get a grip that is like $350 one day. And then like literally two months later, $700. And you're mm-hmm. like, are you seriously three times the grip you were? <laughs> You know, mm-hmm. I know you were just coming up then, but uh, geez, Louise, you know, I'm also the guy that hired you when you were coming up. Yeah. And so there, there, there's a bit of a relationship there. Prices aren't the same for everybody. Never think they are. I thought they were in the beginning when I first, I thought everyone gets the same price. Eh, that's not really right. Like there's different relationships. There's different um, shades of gray with everybody. And it, it is all about that. You know, we've had lots of podcasts about it's all about the relationship with the client. Think about yep. that first. Think about your and relationship with the client. It's okay to it's okay for your vendors to go up in price and it's okay for you to go up in price. Just have a good reason and be very yeah. clear about that. So I think that you know, one of the things we're saying here is be careful on those leaps from one style of video to another. The fastest way to start being profitable is to do a lot of the same size jobs mm-hmm. and and get comfortable with the type of job and a size of job that you know you make money at and that you understand really well, get that down. Um, For us, it was like nonprofits. Like we did a lot of nonprofit work and I loved it. I loved nonprofit work and I understood the margins and we were just good with that. And then we were able to build off that to other things. Um, And and so it's like knowing one or two areas and there's, for some people it's um, explainer videos. For some people it is, uh, you know, talking head and B-roll for corporate events. Um, and for some lucky fuckers out there, it's, you know, action adventure sports things, but mm-hmm. you know, like even like my friend Spencer, it's like, sure. He's doing mountain biking videos, but believe me, he knows what the market will pay for a mountain biking. I've talked to him about this. He knows what the market will pay for the mountain biking video and he knows what he can spend on making it. And so he's found his place in that universe. And then you can build from that and you expand from that and say, well, I'm going to make mountain biking videos. That means action adventure. I could also make ski videos or I could do these other things. And, and so just, just be careful of making these humongously quantum leaps from one style to another, like say from nonprofit to fashion, right? You Mm -hmm. probably don't know what fashion costs to produce. Do it because that's what keeps life interesting, but just be careful when you make those those transitions and don't beat yourself up too much as you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Be careful of what you don't know when you make a switch or when you go yeah. after a larger project or even if it's in the same niche. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, let's kind of wrap it up and think about like, I, I think for me, the number one thing is don't take this not seriously. Don't just knock off the budget. Like, 
it's bullshit or it's just a carbon of what you've done before or whatever you want to, you want to give it enough time to be serious, but not too much time to like kill you from doing all the other work you got to do when you only have a 25% chance of landing the gig generally anyway, Mm -hmm. but be honest with yourself. That's the number one thing. Be honest with yourself. And the only way you can be honest with yourself is write down the numbers that the thing cost you the last time Mm -hmm. and compare it with this time and add a little bit on for your knowledge and expansion of, you know, your universe, but, um, you know, check those margins. Um, and I'll tell you one way to go is if it's within the world that, you know, and it's a little unclear, uh, expand your margin a little bit to cushion it, you know? Hmm. If, so if you don't, if you, if there are some unknowns on this project, mm-hmm. you, you need a little bit more cushion. I think so. Yeah, I think so. If, if it's within the world that, you know, if, Mm -hmm. if it's within the world, you know, like, let's go back to our nonprofit example. If it's like a nonprofit video, but they're like, well, we kind of want to try doing this all cinema verite where you just follow people around. Oh God, I've never done that before. I don't know what that looks like. Be generous with yourself, you know, Mm -hmm. like just say, I'm guessing it'll be this, but let's give myself 10 to 20% more on top just because I don't exactly know what, what that looks like. And, and, and so I I'd say you can't do that when you're making a quantum leap, like sort of nonprofit, the fashion video. Um, but you can do it when you're still operating in the world that, that, you know, uh, the other things to be honest with yourself is use numbers that you know, to be true, use your past numbers, pull from a template, template, a past budget, something that has been out there before. Um, Oh, I really like that. No numbers that you know, to be true. Don't, don't, put in what just needs to, what the number needs to be in order to make the budget work. Yeah. Um, it's, it's going to come back and bite you because you're not going to find that director at 500. Yep. Um, it, it put in the number that's true that you you've done before. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, look at the end of the day, the, the client hires you for a number of reasons. The first thing they saw was your work on your website or something that they saw that you did for someone else. At that point, they have no idea what you cost. Mm-hmm. And so they just want to talk to you. They just want to get you on the phone. They're excited. But then it really is, does, does your, does what they perceive as the value of your skill going to match what they have in cash to pay you? And, and a lot of times, frankly, that's a limited amount. They don't have unlimited funds to just keep going. So really, this is the critical part of the business is matching your what you've put out there as your skill set with what their numbers are. And so the budget is that absolute crux where that where that happens. Uh, last two things I would I would personally add are, um, like you were saying, be honest with your one of the things about being honest with yourself is budgeting for every project. Don't just assume that you know what that project is because you've done something similar. Sit down and pull from that template, put a budget together, remember what worked and what what didn't work on that last one and adjust accordingly. Then when you're budgeting for every project, somehow or another, check your margins to make sure that check to make sure that you're still making the profit that you set out to, that you budgeted for. Whether that's uh, doing it per budget, you know, keeping some kind of how did I do against this budget, or whether that's just checking your overall company profit uh, at every month. One way or another, make sure that you are making the profit you set out to so that 
if you're not, you can adjust accordingly. Yep. And now is when I'll do the plug for pipelines. Uh, budget builder because <laughs> I I mean this is why we went back and we 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 now are offering just the budget builder at ten dollars a month um, <clears throat> because we think that you know th that is such a critical tool in your toolbox and and yeah you can use Google Drive you can do all that but if you want a visual and visual is really nice to be able to just visually see how it all adds up a profit focused way of looking at your budgets that's easily rep repeatable and very fast to, mm -hmm. to produce uh this ten dollars a month man i mean give me a break this is going to be the difference between you making ten thousand and a hundred thousand dollars in a year generally is is what happens at this critical budget thing so we do encourage you to give it a look go to videopipeline.io take a look at our budget builder we have actually taken down all of the other aspects of our software to uh, rework them towards a financial angle so the budget builder is all that you can sign up for right now um, but there's a free trial we really encourage you to do it um, and it's it's been the best part of all of us that we've put into that from our friend Julian uh, that helped us with the visual design of it over at Moment.Film. We're going to have him on the on, on the show in a couple of weeks um, to Jake, who put in all of his uh, long nights struggling over budgets and struggling over profit and so forth to me. Uh, that, you know, trying to run a company, trying to make some money and yet do what I love and make the right choices strategically that need to happen quickly. Cause God, you all know they need the budget yesterday. They all say the same thing. <laughs> oh, this is so great, but we have to make this decision in two days and you have to process all this information so quickly. And the only way to do that safely is with old budgets and pipeline allows you to create as many budgets as you want, as many revisions as you want, as many templates as you want. And so I really encourage you to go give it a look. Um, there really isn't anything like it in our industry right now. So, um, you know, don't, don't take it for granted. Take a look at it. And uh, it's the budget tool. I, I wish I always had. Me I'll too. That. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's uh, again, it goes back to like Royal Tenenbaums. Like when Royal Tenenbaum himself is like, I wish I was a Tenenbaum too. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. And then again, and then I just want us all to say goodbye to Jake. Uh, goodbye, but not, what do they say? Like, so long, not goodbye. I don't know. But, uh, you know, it's been wonderful having you on the pipeline team for the last three years. And uh, I can only hope that someday we can get you back when the company is just blowing up because everyone realizes what we're creating and it's so exciting for everyone. Um, but until then, I wish you well at the uh, wealth management firm that you're going on to where you're dealing with people with real money. It's going to be so exciting. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and so, you know, it's, it has been just a remarkable honor to, uh, to work with you. And I know that all the folks that have worked with you in the industry feel the same way. And, and so, yeah, so thank you so much well, for everything. Thank you. I really appreciate that. And I I've had a lot of fun these last few years and, um, I, I look forward to still being connected yep. to the company. So, yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, you're a shareholder, so there's no way you're not going <laughs> to yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. So anyway, everyone have a great, uh, have a great week and we will talk to you later. Thanks for listening to our podcast and be sure to share it with your friends and be sure to check out our software at videopipeline.io. Thanks, Max. <laughs>